Today's episode of Your Stories is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now, unless you're using Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Your Stories is a wonderful opportunity to share all the highs and lows of being a nerd. You know that hobby you have that you don't talk to anyone about? It's a secret you don't like to share because it might make you feel weird. Maybe you're into something different. Uh, comic books, fantasy football, push-ups. Your stories to me has been this really kind and welcoming space where people just have the guts to be really honest and they share their voices and their stories with everyone there. No questions asked. Uh, I've heard stories about all those things. Uh, maybe not, not a lot of push-ups. I maybe haven't heard a lot of stories about push-ups. The Nerdalogs is group therapy meets Toastmasters. I know there's always a place where my odd thoughts and unusual habits will be welcomed and championed in a warm, supportive environment by other nerds just like me. And what's fun is you'll see people in the audience one month, and then all of a sudden they uh, go up and tell their story. So your story becomes their story and their story is your story and then it's our story and then it's a podcast so it's everybody's story and then you've shared it and gosh that's great huh and even if you don't think you're a nerd you probably are it's easily the most midwestern thing i've ever been a part of everybody, I'm Eric Arnaud, and this is the Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories podcast. Remember last week when I said we pulled out an archival episode because we were celebrating one of the storytellers on it? Well, I know that was super coy and mysterious, but maybe some sharp listeners cracked the code. That storyteller is Andrew Bentley, who's moving to Atlanta at the end of the month. So, on Sunday, July 29th, we're sending him off from Chicago with one last show. First, you'll get a set from his incredible sketch comedy group, Rabbit Rabbit, featuring himself and past Your Stories guest, Chris Blake. And then you get an extra special Your Stories, curated and hosted by Andrew himself, featuring some longtime show favorites and a couple great new faces as well. It's going to be so, so good. That is Sunday, July 29th, 6 p.m. at the Cards Against Humanity Theater, 1917 North Elston in Chicago. It's where we did our show for a couple years, so you probably know it. Uh, For more information or to RSVP, you can check the events on our website at www.nerdalogs.com. Um, Anyway, as you might have guessed, leading up to the show, we're pulling some of our favorite Andrew appearances out of the archive, going back to the very beginning of the pod. So last week, you heard his first time on on the podcast, although not by any means his first time on the show itself, which existed months before we started recording it. Uh, This week, you'll hear what I consider one of Andrew's defining moments, though he may not agree out of uh, mortification. Uh, And this episode was even inspired by him. So, remember on last week's show, he talked about loving both Power Metal and Andrew Lloyd Webber as a teen. Well, after he told that story, we kicked around the idea of doing a show where people would bring the ridiculous songs they wrote as youths to your stories. And that is the episode you're about to hear. So this comes from March 2012. It was kind of the first themed show we ever did. Um, Though it gets a little loose and not everything fits exactly, but man, it is 
fun. Uh, it was also maybe the last time I played a song I wrote myself in public, so that's something. Uh, it features the worldwide debuts of the internet song and Left Behind, two pieces that are about as iconic as you get in Nerdalog's history, if that counts as iconic. Contextually, it totally does. Um, those are both on the album we recorded this year, by the way, which you can also learn about on Nerdalogs.com. But anyway, what a sweet episode. Uh, enjoy this throwback and don't miss Andrew's goodbye on July 29th. the most packed house we've had in, in a while. Um, a little background on what we're doing here tonight, uh, over the usual. A few months ago, Andrew Bentley, who is somewhere, right there, told this amazing story about how he loved Iron Maiden in high school, and uh, it spoke to my heart, and I think obviously everyone's heart in the world uh, heard it, but right, we all loved Iron Maiden. But at the end of that monologue, uh, Andrew decided that he should, because he had written some Iron Maiden-style songs in high school, that he decided he would share to Nerdalogs. Well, tonight is that night. And so we've kind of built a show around it. Of <laughs> We're going to play and sing songs that we wrote when we were a little more nerdy, uh, or songs about being nerdy or whatever. And so we're going to start with a song I wrote like 10 years ago uh, in college. It's very unsubtle. And uh, <laughs> see if you can guess my my politics from this song. But uh, yeah, all right, you ready? Okay. One, two, three, four. Uh, I need some clapping because there's like some fucking snare drum in this shit. Yeah.
I hope that sets a precedent for everyone else not feeling too bad about what they're going to sing up here. Um, yeah, I forgot a verse in there. Sorry about that, buddy. So Dwight was in a band called Statements Lost that were actually quite good, and they were kind of like a bad religion style. Is that fair? Do you get pissed off when people say that you no, sound like I think bad that's religion? A okay. I mean, they weren't as good or as famous. No, they didn't have no. as much money. But other than that, they were bad religion. But uh, just, just fucking with you. But uh, so here is one of Dwight's songs. I also thought it was so cool to be like, yeah, we're gonna just. We hum. had a vocal solo in that one, so that's yeah. why. Yeah, we had a vocal outro in ours. You wanna play this game? All right. Um, anyway, how many songs you guys have? <laughs> so, uh, Dwight will be back later, but right now uh, we need Andrew Bentley, the man who gave us this night of the Nerdlog. All right. Uh, so. As I said a couple months back at the December Nerdalogs, um, I did kind of a love letter slash apology uh, to, to power metal, which was a thing I was really into in high school. And at the end, I, you know, I said if Eric worked with me, I would get up here and I would do some of the songs I wrote when I was 15 years old. Um, now I am not a musician like either of these men here. Um, I thought this would be something very cool to do, and then. I went home and I looked at these songs. Um, they were divided into two folders that in my old new backed up backed up files, uh, titled "Serious" and "Comedic." Uh, neither name was particularly apt, <laughs> but these are from the "Serious" file. Uh, 
At least I consider them very serious back in 10th grade. Uh, the first song here um, is entitled Metal Lightning. Uh, does, anyone just, does anyone have a guess what that might be a super subtle metaphor for? Jizz. <laughs> it wasn't jizz. No, <laughs> no, that that's for uh, for nuclear weapons. Uh, is, uh, uh, Megadeth was a big influence on me at the time, so probably stole enough here. <laughs> Do you remember everything? Um, go ahead, man. Just okay. uh, give me the tempo and count uh, it off for me. <sighs> Slip and slide and cross the carpet Down the dark and hollow hall Lock the windows, bar the doors As we prepare for the final fall Items scattered all around us Things that brought us joy and light Death now is all that awaits us Cutting swiftly like a knife Turn your head and look to the skies Metal lightning wants our pride Now brings our demise Guardians we built to protect us In our own hands erect us Streaking brightly through the night Bring us our last sight Metal lightning Metal lightning <laughs> Lightning to defeat Japan And move war and save lives So why did we not stop then For we paid the great price Next game Cold War Mother Russia Stand on even as you build Sorry Khrushchev Cannot trust you You pay for a tax And innocent skill Turn your head And look to the skies Metal lightning Once our pride Now brings our demise Guardians we built To protect us In our own hands Direct us Streaking brightly Through the night Bring us our last side Metal lightning Metal lightning Metal yeah, that was all I wrote. I usually didn't finish Woo! my song. Yeah! That shit was awesome, right? Yeah. That shit was awesome. Anyone that can rhyme true stuff with anything is like yeah. amazing. Please, that was that was enough. <laughs> all right. Um, the second song, if that was uninformed politically, I guess uh, this song is uninformed emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh but it's pretty much I think a perfect you know lyrical encapsulation of a lot of our Zangas or MySpace or li- Live Journal was yeah, Live Journal from that period. I didn't have one, I did shit like this instead. Um Now we the, should say no one has heard these except you until today. Oh, yeah, right? literally not a single person. these were the first people other than Eric this afternoon to hear these songs ever. Because I at least had the good sense not to share them with anyone. <laughs> Until now. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, this song um, is entitled Autopsy of My Soul. <laughs> which seems pretty overwrought when I probably could have just, you know, named it. No, fuck you, Dad! <laughs> but yeah. You ready, man? Sure. Just yeah. start this one? Okay. Yeah. Give me, the, give me the count. It starts with a pretty, uh, you know, pretty deep intro. So. <laughs> and there's a bridge. 
Push them away and they just try to get inside your head. Pull them in close for comfort and watch them back away. They don't want real connection, they want you to be revealed. So their morbid curiosities can study you like a book. Keep it inside and it will only beat against your skin. Let it come out and watch as it drives them all away. They didn't really want to see what you were like inside. They only want to stare at your innards. Like an autopsy <laughs> Oh hey, they say what's wrong And look with sympathetic eyes They're crocodiles Their smiles are covers They don't empathize Just nod their head at what you said And get closer to you Without a pause And go the claws It's time for an autopsy Autopsy of my soul Slicing and make the incision Pour light into the hole Make the cut, it's not your decision <laughs> Take off your gloves and start To make another suture Threading right through your heart Make the cut, it's only your future <laughs> It pains the brains to not be able to figure you out They can't be trusted, just don't show them what you're all about Curious lust, it surely must be satiated Or without a pause and go to claws It's time for an autopsy Autopsy of my soul Slicing and make the incision Hold light into the hole Cut it out, it's not your decision Take off your gloves and start To make another suture Spreading right through your heart Make the cut, it's only your future Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm aware of how much I'm blushing right now. So. He's a great man. Thank you. Thank you. Right? Like, if, if I was in, a, in high school in a band with this kid, I would be jealous of not having a songwriting ability. So I, I miss my... Miss my time is what you're you saying. You sell them to bands now, though. You make good money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, There's a lot of shitty high school metal bands out there. Be, sell them to high schoolers? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there's any high schoolers in the area. <laughs> With more money than cents, let me know. As a high school teacher, I'd give you an A for your Oh, thank you. I, uh, the one thing I am still kind of proud about looking back at these, I feel like I had internal rhyme pretty much yeah, yeah. down. <laughs> I was all about that. So... <clears throat> All right, uh, I'm going to do one more here before I literally melt. Uh, <laughs> and uh, this one was my, uh, my treatise, I guess, on unrequited love or relationships that didn't work out. Um, but it was also, I think, written with some anger and bitterness. So what? Now, <laughs> now it just seems kind of rapey. <laughs> <laughs> But 
<laughs> it's also a really good example of what was going on. So. <laughs> Even the name, uh, which is Forbidden Fruit. Oh, <laughs> it's, wow. it's, yeah, suspect, to say the least. All right. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. <clears throat> Count it. The Phantom of the Opera had the right idea if he could have <laughs> He loved her with his whole heart, loved her like no other. She didn't want him, no one could. And so he lashed out, and so he thrashed about, and so he reached out and took what he wanted. Temptation is a beast. Which is more unpleasant tame To hear you of your sickness Will leave you feeling lame It's something that you can't excise And you're the one to blame It hangs there in the empty air Forbidden fruit <laughs> Little rapey, I think <laughs> You showed me how you fell You set my spirit soaring Soon you would smash it down again <laughs> Only to assure me we can't come together Why even bother with me then? And so my brain snarls Beat my head against walls Despair creeps up and crawls Back into my mind now Temptation is a beast Which is more unpleasant pain To heal you of your sickness this will leave you feeling lame It's something that you can't excise And you're the one to blame It hangs there in the empty air Forbidden fruit I just wrote three verses Seems the game is over You came out the winner And already have moved on, I guess you still have your love, it's simply from another, I'm nothing but a fucking mess. <laughs> and so my mind bleeds, my heart is choked with weeds, and my spoon so pleased to save it from destruction. Temptation is a beast, which is more unpleasant tame, to hear you of your sick. This will leave you feeling lame It's something that you can't excise And you're the one to blame It hangs there in the empty air Forbidden fruit Forbidden fruit Forbidden Andrew coming up here and singing that, right? Like, Woo! that was amazing. Give it up for Andrew. I hope that's set a gold standard there. No song has ever started with the Phantom of the Opera. That seems so subversive and salient. But it's just totally rapey. Yeah, <laughs> so rapey. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Yay. All right. And thank you very much, my pleasure. Uh, so we're going to kind of alternate music and stories tonight, and uh, the next person is a, a member of the Nerdlogs troupe. You guys will know her best as the girl in Girl in a Comic Shop. She just found her high school Zanga, and she's going to read it for us, you guys. Yeah. Oh my god, a girl. I'm so glad you brought up Zanga since I'm reading it. Uh, yeah, I got... Uh, a friend of mine from high school uh, just contacted me out of the blue a couple weeks ago and was like, 
hey, I was scouring the internet for to like make sure I uh, have everything personal taken down because I'm trying to get government clearance, and I found my Zanga, so I found your Zanga. And I was like, yes! <laughs> I'm so happy because I had been trying to find it, and I couldn't. Um, and he knew that about me. And so I, I went through and I read it, and I was so... Bored. <laughs> like, it was such a bad blog. All I did was talk about, like, what I did that day and what my scores were on standardized tests <laughs> and, like, what, like, place I got in a diving meet. And I was like, no one cared about this. Absolutely. And this is what all of our blogs were. And so, and I just, it was just, like, the strongest voice. And so stuff started off like, guess what? I have stuff that you may or may not care about to say today. First off, it's September. <laughs> September. Does that suck or is it just me? <laughs> and it just goes on and I'm prepared. <laughs> and like almost every vlog starts like that. <laughs> hey everybody, I've been in like 10 days. But that's because I've been crazy bogged down with homework and dining and the like. I'll try to bring you up to date. And I just can't, I can't even read the rest of it aloud. Oh my god, I didn't update my journal for like two weeks. What is this world coming to? For those of you who didn't pick up the sarcasm, you're all idiots. (laughs) Just kidding, I love you. (laughs) Again, you is spelled with the letter U. Every time, like... Two years of that blog until like I figured it. I figured it out like my junior senior year of high school. I started writing in poetry instead of prose form because that was awesome. Uh, now to what everyone's talking about: homecoming. <laughs> Here's what's going down with me. I have a dress that's uber pretty, and I'm definitely going. <laughs> but I currently date this. <laughs> so if anyone. So if anyone's got anyone, then maybe I'll go. I'm never going to pick you right now, though. Whatever. I'm about to talk to you about who knows what'll happen. So this is my life right now. Maybe I'll update this in a month or so. JK, TTYL. <laughs> PSN related news. Robert Blake was just acquitted. Shows where our values are. <laughs> I was just, I read through this this weekend. I read through the whole thing and I was like, it was it was such a combination of like the most mundane things in the world and then like really strong opinions. Because <laughs> I just I had the whole world figured out. I knew exactly what was going on, and and then I would just have like random things that sound like much more like the things that I post now, which is kind of disappointing to me. <laughs> so it's like you ever have one of those days when you're getting in the shower and you're standing there and you're, suddenly you realize, hey, I'm chewing gum. <laughs> A weird way to know that, like, I'm almost exactly the same. Uh, holy crap, major moral outrage here. So I just got watching, done watching the original Star Wars trilogy, trilogy, but it's the brand new Super Pack version, and you know in the last one Luke sees Obi-Wan, Yoda, and his father's ghost? They totally took out the guy who was originally the ghost of Anakin. Hayden freaking Christensen is the ghost. <laughs> what? <laughs> Anyone else who's morally outraged, leave a comment. <laughs> <laughs> 
for the record, I'm completely aware of what a dork I am. That is besides the point. You know you care. <laughs> oh, and also, in addition to that, P.S. Green Day. Excuse the language. Best fucking concert ever. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, everything... Like, there were, like, flashes of, like, self-awareness within the blog. And I think my favorite post that I found... Like, this was a blog that went on for four years. It was the entirety of my high school experience summed up in, like, a terribly written orange blog. <laughs> you never realize what you had until it's gone. You never realize how sadly dependent you are on, in, on your technology until you lose your cell phone with a battery dead. <laughs> My life is a continual black hole of inconsequential suburban despair. <laughs> and, and like, I, but I think, like, by far, the, my favorite thing was the absolute moral outrage at, like, being, like, not, there was one that I wrote that was about uh, not getting invited to a party, but not being mad about that, but being mad that everyone felt bad for me that I wasn't invited for the party. And it was just, like, and now for a few quick lines about high school. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> if you have something to say about me, say it to me. Talking behind people's backs is not the way to get on their good side. Usually their good side is forward facing. <laughs> <laughs> Take a step back, breathe, and ask yourself, why does it really matter? Getting pissed off about stuff accomplishes nothing. Do something if it bugs you so much. Just let it go. Or in the words of my dear friend Alex, bend the goat. How much do you actually care? I have no idea what Bendigo means. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, and yeah, so... Oh, sorry. And just for emphasis, get over it. Uh, but the kind of comforting thing reading through all that was... Uh, I was like, okay, if I went back, like, me now, uh, and hung out with high school still, like, I would probably like her. I would be just like, whoa, like, cool it. A little bit. Like, just take it down a couple notches. But, like, overall, you're, you're kind of a cool kid. Um, and, and just for comparison, uh, I tweet a lot. And so I went back through my recent <laughs> tweets. And sure enough, like, a month ago, I tweeted, sometimes I talk to people and then I'm just like, stop it. <laughs> Which goes to show that I will never, ever change. <laughs> Your, your Zango was orange color? Yeah. Most people I know had like black or pink or purple. Oh, that bugged me so much I couldn't read it. <laughs> so it was, like a, it was like a light orange and then it had a dark font. And that's Embedded that's songs and videos of plenty, I'm sure. Uh, right? No, I hated that. <laughs> it was all t- what I had to say was way more important. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so there's actually, besides Andrew being the impetus for tonight, there was kind of another driving force to us doing a music night, and he is going to share a song. Uh, acapella, I believe. Uh, Mr. Bill Kenkel of the Nerdalog. Everybody. Yes, you certainly can. Oh my god, you guys are in for some sort of horrible treat. <laughs> I wish I had the excuse of saying that I wrote this a long time ago. Um, but it goes back to, I think it was like a day, like my junior year of high school, and my friend uh, Steve whose parents owned a cop- copy store. I think it was at Kinko's. I think it got bought out by Kinko's. It was Noman. Uh, to Noman is to love him. <laughs> <laughs> and one time they got an order from like some local college kids uh, 
who wanted some flyers printed out for Sea Jazz, which, as it turns out, was the Cornell Japanese Animation Society. So Steve's dad, knowing Steve and me, was like, hey, I thought you guys might want to like, get some more information about this. So he showed this to us, and we're like, oh my god, this exists. <laughs> <laughs> and then we thought we would be the coolest kids in school if we spent our Friday nights going up the hill to the college to watch anime with real live college students who they didn't know we were high schoolers. So we snuck in and we were like eat our Chinese food in the back and we thought we were just so cool because that's what cool college kids do on Friday night, right? Yeah. Watch anime in a smelly, smelly auditorium. <laughs> Um, it, we went so far as to, like, found our own, like, high school chapter of, like, an a-, a Japanese animation society, and, like, I remember deluding myself into thinking that, like, being co-founder and co-president of the Ithaca High Japanese Animation Society would look good on a college application. <laughs> and there's just something, like, so backwards about colleges encouraging me to do that. <laughs> Someone should have, like, stepped in at some point and been like, Bill, you're making a terrible mistake with your life. But they didn't. And, you know, everything you... Like, I, I loved all of, like, the ridiculous anime that you think of when you think of the word anime, like giant robots and, like, swords and sorcery and magic and, like, busty schoolgirls because I was 16 um, and I just didn't understand how a world that made such wonderful things could be bad look at this stuff isn't it neat wouldn't you think my collection's complete wouldn't you think I'm the dude the dude who has everything. <laughs> Look at this trove, treasures untold. How many katanas can one basement hold? <laughs> Looking around, you think, sure, he's got everything. I've got mecha and manga plenty. I eat udon and daikon galore. You want Pokemon? I've got 20. <laughs> not a lot of Pokemon. <laughs> but who cares? No big deal. I want more. I want to be where the anime are. I want to see, want to see them drawing, walking around on those, what do you call them? Oh, Battlesuit Power Mech! <laughs> Indian Yankee, you can't get too far. You have to rely on fan subtitles. Try to understand a... What's that word again? Kawa no Tanri no Tudu! What would I give to live as a straight-up otaku? What would I pay to talk anime with actual fans? Bet in Japan, they understand. Some guys like porn that shocks you. <laughs> Busty hentai girls filled with tentacles. They're on demand. It's where they walk. 
It's where they run in the land of the rising sun. <laughs> Over the sea, wish I could be part of that world. <laughs> Bill Kenkel, everybody, that was excellent. There's some good stuff happening tonight, I tell you. So, you guys, how many of you, this is your first Nerdalogs, by round of applause. Your first year That's a lot. Thank you very much for coming. You guys are the best, I tell you. Uh, and how many were here last month, specifically last month? I like you even more. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I'm going to tell a story now. So, uh, in case you guys didn't know me, I am a huge comic book nerd. Uh, I, <laughs> thank you, Alex. Yeah. I also I make a living as a writer. So last month, if you guys were here, uh, I mentioned how jealous I was when I, I introduced our guest, Matt Elfring, who gets paid to write about comics. I was like, oh man, I wish I could do that. And an amazing bit of synchronicity. The day after that show, I got the best email I've ever gotten offering me a paying job writing about comics. Which is, so basically, basically a dream come true. Um, and the site I work for is an offshoot of Sparknotes, which I'm sure you guys all remember. Uh, it's aimed at geeky teen guys. Like they've built this community around uh, study help, and so they're trying to build a a more masculine community. And I'm their comic expert. So hey, there you go. Uh, the site is called Mind Hut, and I'm glad everyone's talking about high school because I've never really written for a teenage audience before. And I've had to adapt my style for that. And to do that, I've kind of had to get into the heads of the guys that I'll be writing about. So I thought back, hey, what what was I like in high school? But I also started to think about my boss in high school, because I know the person who hired me. A little bit of nepotism, I'll grant you that. Uh, we, we've been friends since my sophomore year at Marion Catholic High School in Chicago Heights. And you go to MCHS? What, what? No? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and say that her name is Emily, since she's going to hear this. And I'm going to dedicate this monologue to her. <laughs> so, Emily told me a few years ago that she considered herself a nerd in high school, too. And when I heard that, it blew my fucking mind. <laughs> it's not that I don't believe her, but here's the thing. When we were in high school, and she knows this, so it's okay if I say this, I had the hugest crush on her. Uh, to me, she was this like unbelievably awesome, pretty, super cool, super cool girl that I would be lucky to talk to. She played the drums, man. Like, how fucking awesome is that? To me, she was one of the popular kids. Uh, but she didn't see herself that way at all. So I wondered if we both considered ourselves incurably geeky in high school, why did I think there was such a huge difference in our social strata? Why was I, like, the outcast, the back hall outcast? And she was, you know, up here. Podcast listeners, this is the higher line than the one I before. <laughs> and there's a lot of potential reasons for that. But here's the one I really settled on. Emily owned her nerdiness a lot better than I did. It didn't make her some insecure, helplessly awkward social pariah like it did me. She was generally very gregarious, and she made friends easily. Uh, in contrast, though I definitely had my share of friends, I wouldn't become outgoing for, like, a decade. My problem was that I was always suspicious of people, because I knew from cultural stereotypes that as a nerd, I was supposed to be cast out by the cool kids. So anytime one spoke to me, I assumed that that was their motivation. They could have said the nicest thing in the world to me, but I would find a way, somehow, to make myself the butt of their joke. 
Uh, and that's an awful way to live. It's really damaging to your self-confidence, and it's also a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because if you think no one wants to like you, then nobody will. And I genuinely feel now that, although I've retained some really great friendships from high school, I probably missed out on a lot more just because I wasn't open to that many people. The truth is that I didn't want to accept that popular kids weren't always bad. Mostly they're just regular kids, and a lot of them face the same insecurities that nerdy kids do. Maybe they just handle it a little bit better. I know that's blasphemy, but I really think I might be onto something. <laughs> now, the, I have to recognize, of course, some of those kids are truly just fucking dicks, and they're not worth your time, and <laughs> you should fucking shun them like there's no tomorrow. But I think in all things, it's better to open yourself up to whatever happens than to go through life guarded and closed off. You never know who might have ended up your best friend, or maybe even something more. So even though we were both high school geeks, I really do think that Emily was and is cooler than me because she opened herself up. It took me a decade to learn that I should do the same. There you go. Thank you, guys. Trying to make it morose. Um, I feel like our next speaker might continue that. Sean Boyle from Lessons for Avery. (laughs) So I write for a blog that I created called LessonsForAvery.com and the the pretty simple explanation of it is just um, life lessons for my hypothetical genderless child, Avery. <laughs> so, um, I'll just get to it then. Hey, Avery. When you're a kid, you'll be taxed with numerous challenges. Everything from your first heartbeat, motor functions, bowel movements, crying and on. And it will eventually lead to you learning to play, laugh, and dance. It can all be fun and games for a while, but someday, someone always gets hurt. I don't mean some little scrape on the knee, or for that matter, I'm not even talking about physical harm. This lesson is about learning to handle emotional pain. See, my journey through this challenge was very difficult, and I must remain connected to this time in my life so that I can be aware of your own struggle and be a guiding light. So this is my story, my own childish journey through the dark murky waters of emotional ambiguity. Except, just to clarify, I'm not going to write or talk about what caused this pain. Because it's just fucking irrelevant. So this is specifically about how I learned to handle it. So I should clarify, I didn't just roll up into a ball and cry in my room. I did actually try to heal some of these wounds. But I was just a kid, and my first attempts for emotional clarity were quite crude and rather dangerous. My first solution came to me while facing social anxiety. I recall wanting to talk to my babysitter. She was cute. (laughs) And was afraid to do so. So instead, I sat in my room, and I just stared into my cheap plastic oscillating fan. I took off the plastic barrier and started jamming action figures into the spinning blades. (laughs) The destruction and dismay gave me an internal sense of fulfillment that I had never before felt. But once bored with that game, I began to wonder what would happen if I jammed my fingers into the blades. I imagined all the blood, the drama, and panic it would cause. I slowly approached the fan blades with my pinky finger, hoping for the worst, 
but I did not have the courage to find out that a plastic fan can't actually sever a finger. (laughs) A week later, I told my mother I was thinking about committing suicide. It's okay, it's funny. It was a lie. I wasn't. I just wanted her attention. And I got the intention of a psychiatrist instead. I was prescribed antidepressants, and everyone acted as if all was well and cured. But what they never knew was I never swallowed a single pill. (laughs) So I failed the fan test, but the idea planted a dangerous seed. That pain and fear could provide a momentary sense of emotional clarity. So one night, I stole a pair of tweezers from the bathroom. I can't even remember how I got this idea. But I had... I just laid in my bed and began plucking single hairs from the inside of my nose, one by one. I did this until my nostrils were hairless. Then I would wait until I could seek relief another night. My patience grew short, and I would wait less and less. I was already a drug addict, and I didn't even really know what drugs were yet. So one night, I was seeking relief real bad, and my nostrils were still bone dry. (laughs) They would even begin to spot with blood. So I decided to start plucking other hairs. (laughs) Eyelashes, eyebrows, and then I had started at the top of my head. So I was out of control. And one day, while I was at school, a classmate stood up, pointed at the top of my head, and shouted, Baldy! I had not known it, but I plucked a bald spot, the size of a quarter, into the top of my head. My mom and my psychiatrist, they concluded this is an allergic reaction to the antidepressant. The very same ones I was pretending to take. So after much discussion about what was wrong with me, I'll never forget when my father looked directly into my eyes and announced to everyone in the room, he is doing it to himself. Nobody believed him, and I didn't have the strength to out myself, but for some strange reason, it was all I really wanted was to be noticed. So Avery, when I look back on these memories, it frightens me to think of the path I was on. And I wonder, how did I manage to break this cycle and steer through my confusion? So there was one thing I can clearly remember getting me on a healthier path, and that was music. I remember borrowing my dad's album, Animals, by Pink Floyd, just because the cover art interested me. The very opening track is called Pigs on the Wing Part 1. I remember feeling like I had already wrote the lyrics to a song that I had never heard before. And the lyrics are short, so it goes like this. If you didn't care what happened to me, and I didn't care for you, we would zigzag our way through the boredom and pain, occasionally glancing up through the rain, wondering which of the buggers to blame, and watching for pigs on the wing. I continue to discover that many of these confusing emotions we're all packaged in this fascinating poetic rhythm, 
Nirvana, Nine Schnells, The Doors, and Pink Floyd spoke to the dark corners of my imagination and provided a contextual beauty to the emotional pain I struggled to process. It may not have been the last time I flirted with self-destructive behavior, but it was the last time I felt like I didn't have any other choice. Please check out the site and uh, let me know what you think. Please do. Um, Alright, we are going to kick off part two with a newcomer to Nerdlogs. I'm going to fuck up your last name, but this is Mike Galladay. Mike Galladay, everybody. Um, I, I should have come, come up with a better intro. How should I have introed you? I don't care. <laughs> Mike is an aspiring comic book creator and you do video work and stuff, is that right? Uh, sort of. Okay. We're kind of between projects right now. Okay. <laughs> Mike is between projects, everybody. Give it up for Mike. That's how it works. <laughs> Alright, so there have been like two really defining moments in my life as a geek. I'll tell you about the first one that happened. It was like 1991. I was about six years old. Uh, me, my mom, and my dad, we were going to see Turtles 2. I was a huge Turtles fan. I, like, modeled my life after my love piece and karate kicks and everything. And so we went to Evergreen Plaza. I don't know if anybody knows about Evergreen Plaza, but back in the day, it was a really cool place to go. Now it's just a really shitty mall that only has, like, a practically closed Walgreens and a currency exchange in it for some reason. But anyway... So we go, and we get there about 30 minutes before the movie starts, and there's, like, kids everywhere. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Turns out that the guy who plays Raphael in the movie is there signing autographs. (laughs) So we hop in line, and my mom's, like, you know, with me, and she's, like, pumping me up, and I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to be Raphael. So we get up to the the guy, and and he's like, hey, Mike, how you doing? I'm like... I, I say nothing. My mom's like, Mike, say something. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. He like asked me who my favorite turtle is. Nothing. <laughs> could not move. So anyway, he signs a poster. He's like, I hope you enjoy the movie. Still nothing. I, I, I was in a freaking nerd coma at that point. <laughs> so anyway, we go into the theater and we're sitting down and. I shit you not, he comes out in full costume. 
uh, right in front of the, the screen, and he's talking to the whole audience, and he's telling you know everybody how about how bad Shredder is and all this stuff, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then five foot soldiers rush the stage. I like see them run past me, go down to attack Rafi. He beats the shit out of them, <laughs> and I think at that point I died. <laughs> I, I, I don't really remember much of the movie. I remember there was Vanilla Ice and the guy who and Kevin Nash from wrestling with Shredder at some point. But all I know, yeah, he totally was. <laughs> but all I know is I tortured my parents going on a ride back home singing Ninja Rap. <laughs> and I had that poster for like eight years on my door. And I think I got rid of it when I started liking girls. <laughs> They didn't like me back, though. Uh, That's about it, though. There are some hardcore turtle fans here. Dwight and Kevin, major turtle fans. Uh, All right, so we're going to get back to the music for a second with uh, another Nerdalogs cast member. Last month he talked about Drupal. I kind of hope this song isn't about Drupal. Drupal? Okay, Steve Hirsch. If a song is not about Drupal. Hello, everybody. Uh, so I guess I've got uh, a story and a song. Uh, so I've owned a guitar uh, for most of my life, I think since sixth grade or so. Uh, but there have definitely been long periods of, of months or perhaps even years where I, I didn't play at all. So this is actually my first time ever playing the guitar in front of people. <laughs> So perhaps next week uh, or next month I'll be telling an embarrassing story about the first time I played guitar <laughs> and, and you're just witnessing that right now. <laughs> so uh, my song uh, is, is something I wrote last night, actually. Uh, and it's, um, it's about a famous outlaw in, uh, in the Old West who, who gets a shot at redemption um, and it doesn't turn out quite the way uh, he expected. Carter Jr., that's my given name. <laughs> they called me the kid when I picked up a gun, shooting towards fame and shame. I robbed and killed, I was a constant threat to the folks of Santa Fe. My legend grew, but my bullets pointed me towards an early grave. Then one day, out of the blue, the telephone booth appeared. Left me, left me, left me, left me, left me, left 
had left me behind. Beethoven Socrates, Lady Joan of Arc, who are excellent to one another, and Napoleon's water park. I made friends with Genghis Khan, went to what you call a mall, chased around by the law, been there before, and the cruelest joke of all. Bill and Ted used us all It was a barely passing grade. Then they pushed us back into the glass coffin. By some mistake, I stayed. Bill and Ted left me. twice in one show. Woo! Woo! Uh, Claire Freeman is back with the song we wrote during the break. <laughs> I didn't write during the break. I did. You did. <laughs> Wait, I need a capo. Okay. Um, I, can, I can set it up during that. Please do. Uh, so, uh, this is the first draft of a song that uh, we are going to be uh, maybe involving with Nerdalogs at some point. Um, but yeah, and so, uh, I just, given that the theme is music, I wanted to Sing it for you guys. Um, and imagine this as a duet, even though I'm singing both parts. <laughs> uh, and to set it up, uh, it opens on a couple sitting on a couch together, both of whom have laptops. And in the background, you see a horrifying, probably pornographic image. And she sh- slams her laptop down. And then you see another horrible image, and he slams his laptop down. And then the song begins. <laughs> One, two, three, four. I 
I'd like to show you this new thing I found, but it's too soon. I'd like to laugh about this video, but I don't know if it's okay if you think this is funny or horrifying. I'd like to show you galleries of bondage porn gone bad, but there's a chance that you'd be into that and get the wrong idea. I'd like to show you this great picture of a decapitated cat, but what if you like cats, then that would make you sad. I'd like to show you all the things that I find on the internet, but I don't know you well enough to open that part of my life. What if you judge me and you leave me just because sometimes I'd look at things I'd never show my mom? Dark corners of the internet where everything's fair game and nothing's safe for work. I'll never tell you that I've been on 4chan since I was 14. I'd never tell you I have way more Reddit karma than I should. I'd never give you my username, and I'd definitely never give you my secret username. <laughs> I'd like to show you all the things that I find on the internet, but I don't know you well enough to open that part of my life. What if you judge me and you leave me just because sometimes I look at things I'd never show my mom? In the dark corners of the internet, where everything's fair game and nothing's safe for work. Sometimes I write racist things on YouTube, I swear it's just a joke. I once rolled with them for three years straight and then broke all of their hearts. Sometimes I copy-paste comments from Fox News to the Daily Beast. Sometimes I'll copy stuff from the Daily Beast and post it to Fox News. <laughs> How long should I wait till I tell you that I watch a ton of RedTube? How long should I wait till I tell you that I watch a ton of RedTube? How long should we wait till we're honest with each other and ourselves? How long until I find the courage to say, well... Hello. Yes, this is dog. <laughs> we'll watch pornography with Occupy and amputees. We'll laugh at bigots who we get to say some stupid things. Then we'll push Facebook friends when they post things we saw six months ago. Because in real life and online, you're the only one I really know. say that Claire and Steve uh, just filmed a video entitled Fantastic Foreplay that will be up soon. Um, Not that kind of video. <laughs> I prefer to leave it ambiguous, though. <laughs> so we've been, playing, uh, we've been playing songs that we wrote when we were in high school and lame and whatever. And uh, me and Dwight are going to close out the show. I'm going to do this one alone. I've, I don't write songs because I think they suck, but... <laughs> But I feel like maybe I did write one good song in my life. And this is maybe from eight years ago. And uh, I'm actually really proud of it. Uh, you guys are welcome to judge differently, of course. But this song is about uh, how much it, it kind of sucks to dream about someone that you miss. Which I know is super emo. Uh, it's, called, it's called Here Comes the Morning.
all I do without a care. A beautiful killer spilling blood from the long past fights. I can't escape the memory I ravaged last night. Residual haunting dispersed through a busy day. I haven't forgotten, it's just the intensity of sin. And in the darkness, I'm praying I'll see you again. Oh, why did you go? Why? The morning Soon he'll be gone Maybe this meaning's memory Will be spared by the dawn Sunlight subsumes me Truth and facts are escape And our love is stolen By reality Dwight, get up here, buddy. Aw. Aw, thanks. Thank you. So here's another song from Dwight's band. This one probably will sound a little more like Bad Religion.
Produced in association with the Nerdalogs. To find out more about the Nerdalogs and their shows, visit www.nerdalogs.com or facebook.com/nerdalogs. Thanks for listening. <laughs>